This is episode 226 of IDRA Class Notes. So often people come in and evaluators want to put the same old traditional kind of data collection, test score, evaluation on a project that doesn't fit. There's a mismatch there. The projects that we're trying to evaluate are projects that deal with relationships, with values, with collaboration, and with action plans. They're not strictly scientific linear result kind of thing. Welcome to the IDRA Class Notes podcast. Today, our topic will be harnessing the power of family leadership for immigrant students. And our presenters are today are Nancy Chafkin, myself, and Aurelio Montemayor. Let me talk to you just a little bit about my background. I am currently a Regents Professor Emerita and the Program Evaluator for the program that we'll be talking about on family leadership. And also, as a way of my background, I am a first-generation college student who went ahead to become a school social worker and then a professor and a researcher and now emerita and an evaluator for educational programs, particularly family engagement programs. Aurelio, want to share about your background? Yes, I'm Aurelio Montemayor. I grew up on the border in Laredo, started out as a high school English teacher in 1964 and have been involved in education advocacy ever since then. Right now at IDRA, in my 45th year here, I'm the family engagement point person, the lead for that. Well, today we're going to talk about our chapter in a very special book called A Place Called Home. And this book is by Jack Leonard and Martin Reardon. And we were very honored to be included in this book. We're included along with 10 other chapters on school, university, community collaborations, and the immigrant educational experience. We're particularly excited that our chapter was chosen as the lead chapter. The chapter, as Aurelio has earlier mentioned, is called Harnessing the Power of Family Leadership for Immigrant Students. Now, the power of family leadership is really what we're going to talk about today and what the chapter is about. And I'm going to let Aurelio talk to you a little bit about what shared family leadership process is about. We have three key points in our family leadership work. Number one, that families join in collaborative leadership, that there is no super parent in charge, no elected officers, and that all participants have some leadership function. Secondly, that they establish a connection with schools. Our ideal groups are based in community organizations, and they have an equal partnership with the schools that they're focusing on and helping. Number three, the most important proof of the work is that they develop and carry out leadership projects. These projects are the actual laboratories of leadership. And I might add to that, that every one of these projects emerges from the community, from a community concern or issues. These projects are not school-driven or thought up by Aurelio or by me or by some other education-related person. These projects emerge from the families, from their concerns about an issue in their own community. It is part of what we call the education cafe approach, 
and the Education Cafe approach for a community action for educational excellence. And we'll hear some more about that today. And definitely there's a whole history of that approach with IDRA in the book chapter. Aurelio is now going to give you the examples of three projects in family leadership in education that IDRA has worked with. And these three projects are excellent examples of the shared family leadership approach and of the power of the shared family leadership approach. Aurelio, you want to talk about Mesa Communitario, the Dual Language Institute, and the Mini Mesas. Yes, the Mesa Comunitaria actually emerged with groups of families in the South Texas Rio Grande Valley. There was a change in state policy at that time, it was called House Bill 5, that changed the requirements for graduation and opened up a curriculum that would have many paths, some which would not lead to college. Families were concerned and they did a survey. They actually went house to house in a two-county area and visited over 1,600 families. From the results, then they had a regional meeting called a Mesa Comunitaria, a community roundtable. And they had a lot of parents there. The surveyors were there. It was community planned and carried out, but there were also superintendents and administrators present. And this report led to the schools creating a more direct informational process for families in Spanish. And families then could know if their children were in a college track or not and what that meant for their future. That was one major important project. Another one was a dual language institute. Uh, The State Association for Bilingual Education was having its annual conference in that South Texas area. And we co-planned with them to have a parent institute. It was parent-constructed. It was planned by the parents, run by the parents, and it was to highlight a very successful K-12 dual language program in one school district and to inform families from I think there were 12 other school districts represented. We had over 60 participants, and it was a very successful dual language institute. Again, co-planned and co-led by parents. The third one evolved from those also, and they call them mini-messes, a particular school district that has some very powerful programs. They have a K-12 biliteracy program where students are graduating as seniors in high school with a biliteracy seal on their diploma, which means that at the high school level, they took at least six of their content courses in Spanish and they're fully biliterate. They also have a dual credit plan where hundreds of the high school graduating students in the poorest neighborhoods are graduating with college credit and even associate of arts degrees. And thirdly, a very dynamic adult education program that brings families to the schools to get the education that they desire and want and to continue what happened to be an interrupted education for for many of the people in the community. So those three programs then are presented by the students themselves. So then you have those three projects, the Mesa Comunitaria, the Dual Language Institute, and the Many Mesas, which have been ideal projects out of many other projects the parents have carried out. These three examples are described in detail in the chapter. And the other thing the chapter does is it shows the broad impact and sustaining effect over time of all three of these projects. These projects have been evaluated in a different kind of way. And we don't have time to get into that evaluation in this podcast, but there will be another podcast, which I encourage you to listen to, that's going to talk about the evaluation 
results and the methodology. The evaluation showed very strong impact in a lot of different ways. And the reason it was able to show this kind of impact was that it was a different kind of evaluation. It was multifaceted. It used very different kinds of methods. It used case studies, family interviews, leader interviews, quantitative longitudinal data, which is the traditional method of doing evaluation. But it also focused on having very meaningful and practical applications, a focus on what worked. So we were able through the evaluation of these projects, and that's all explained in the chapter that we wrote, to actually capture what was working. And we captured lessons learned, how to, what to do, what not to do. And we want to share that at another time so that when we have more time to focus on the specific kinds of evaluation that you need to do when you do an evaluation of a collaborative community project. Because so often people come in and evaluators want to put the same old traditional kind of data collection, test score, evaluation on a project that really it doesn't fit. There's a mismatch there. The projects that we're trying to evaluate are projects that deal with relationships, with values, with collaboration, and with action plans. They're not strictly scientific, linear result kind of thing. So we're going to encourage you to listen to podcast number two, which will talk about the evaluation of shared family leadership. Let me reiterate that all everything we're talking about today is from the chapter Harnessing the Power of Family Leadership for Immigrant Students in the book, A Place Called Home by Jack Leonard and Martin Reardon. Aurelio, you want to add anything else yeah, as we I'd close? I'd like to go back and, and repeat the key elements of the shared family leadership process. The families come together in collaborative leadership. It's very important that what happens has every participant having a, an important role in it and rotating. Number two, the group is independent of but working equally with a school or school district. And third, that there be a family leadership and education project, which is measurable and where families come together to transform the education of their children. I think it's an important process and and one that we hope you can emulate. I recommend you visit our website, www.idra.org, and type in Education Café or Family Engagement. There are many different pieces of it and articles and video clips, including some from the parents testifying. Thank you. What an excellent discussion we've had today. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.